Just want to remind us, um, we put out an email during the week just around the giving to the giving this event. So if you haven't given uh, to that online, you can give after the service just at the foyer area. And so if you want to give credit card or cash or FPOS, and I just want to encourage us to sow that seed as well. Thank you for everyone that already has and that the money that's coming in. Um, you know, as I put in that email, it's just amazing that when God's on things, how everybody jumps on board. You know, like we were given $5,000 um, from a real estate man. They were there yesterday giving away the prizes. Uh, we were able to get some grants for the event. And so whenever God's on something, the resource comes. And so I really do want to encourage you to just invest into that as a family member um, because it's just about getting on board with what he's getting on board with, amen? And uh, it's no different to what we're about to hear uh, this morning. And I'm going to start, and uh, Rodney, you won't have the scripture, so don't worry about this because I'm going to read this really fast. Um, But this is a bit of a a prefix for what I'm about to say uh, because I completely grasp the weight of what's about to come out of me. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at the God of self and how demonic and a stronghold the God of self is. And if you're tracking with the big picture, we have completed the end part. Isaiah said that God declares the end from the beginning And then he goes to work in the middle. And so we have to know what the end goal is. We have to see from a bird's eye view because that becomes the motivation in which we start our Christian walk with God. It's very hard to let go and allow God to crucify self if you don't have a revelation of two things. Number one, the Father's love within you. And number two, the picture of the finish line. Those two aspects become the motivating factor to allow God into your inner, 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 inner depth world that David said, I want to have truth, but it's hidden, and allow the Holy Spirit that you've heard this morning to go to the work in the depths of that place to release you from you. But the weight of this, of what it's going to come out of me today, has the potential, the massive potential to offend you. To offend your flesh that doesn't want to die. That wants to stay alive and keep control over your life. You see, we've been poisoned with this thing called sin. It wasn't your fault. It was a consequence of a choice that was made because God wasn't enough for Adam and Eve. How sad is that? That God wasn't actually enough for Adam and Eve, so they chose to eat from another tree to try to find life outside of life. And we have all been infected and poisoned with this thing called self, the God of self. You are born with it the day you are born physically. Now, you have been predestined in the Spirit in Christ before the foundations of the earth, But you have to find that place in God. Otherwise, the God of self will control you your entire life. And you will be able to minister some things. But what you won't be able to do is love God and love people as you're commanded. So this is massive. So this is the beginning. So it's the beginning with a twist. Because if you've got your notes, I'm not starting from what's written down in the beginning. I'm going to give you fresh mana as we go forward and we will get back to those notes. Don't you love the Father that way? Because this is a living thing and it's always living and changing, you can't sit on what you wrote yesterday because today's a brand new day. And the Bible says he wants to give you living mana every single day that is fresh. Isn't that the picture from the Old Testament? Don't store up for tomorrow because there's going to be fresh mana to come. So that tells me that we are on a progressive journey of growth. That tells me that we are on a progressive journey as a people of one to another to another, or we are to be if we're not. So here's a scripture out of Galatians. It says this, 
But I say walk by the Spirit, excuse me a minute, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit. Did you hear that? Your flesh, the God of self, sets its desire against God, which means it's in opposition to God and what God wants to do. Can you understand the war between the God of self and God? I hope you can because you're in it. It's happening within you. I love those songs, especially that first song. I love all the songs, that, that, the words to those lyrics. I'm a disciple. But there's a war to become a disciple. And it's aggressive. Like my adversary, he's aggressive. He's not passive. Bible says he, he prowls around like a roaring lion. The word like, he's not a lion. And lions don't roar when they're about to seek their prey. They're very quiet. See the counterfeit? But if you look at him and allow him to fix your mind on him rather than what God says, then he will devour you like that. Because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to devour us. And there's this thing in us called the God of self that he speaks to, uses, coerces. He will throw things in front of you to tempt that God of self. See, the Bible says deny self, but you can't. Have you tried? You can do it for about, what, a week? Good human effort, discipline, and then you're back to square one, aren't you? Because he needs to die. Not deny, die. You see, when Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, where was he going? Golgotha. So what he's really saying this is, church, grab your cross. We're going to kill self today. Because I'm not just getting on the cross, you're getting on the cross, because it's your cross that you're carrying. So we're all going to die. But... And this is where the good news... Do you know death is the way to life? What? Death is the way to life. Until you've died, you don't know what life is in Christ because you're still living. The God of self is still the centerpiece, the operating control system of your heart. You see, you need a brand new source because you're the source. When I was born in 1969, I was the source of my life for 29 years. I was the source. I was in control. I'm controlled by Greg Simnor. And whatever Greg Simnor determines what truth is, I'm going to determine what truth is. You be quiet. It's my life. And I'm going to control my life because I've only got about 90 years average, maybe a bit less. So I'm going to make the most of my life and I'm going to control it. Because I've been poisoned, I've been infected with this thing called the God, little g, of self. But man, is he powerful. Man, he pulls me this way. And sometimes the things I don't want to do, there I'm found eating them. Can any of you relate? So there's this massive opposition that my flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. You see, the greatest enemy is your enemy, the God of self. And he, she, it needs to die. So, last year, towards the end of last year, if you can remember this, I said, I'm going to speak to you as if we are all lost. Correct? I'm going to speak to you as if we're all dead in sin and iniquity. Because so often it's too easy to just go along with Christianity rather than enter into Christ. It's too easy to turn up on Sundays and sing songs and get excited in your flesh and it's all good and give to things and still not be released from you. 
You see, you have to have a reference for the true Christ, not Christianity. And the only people that do are the ones that have had the experience with God, where God has shown them, entered, and done this deep work within them. I was talking to Bucks last night over dinner, and we were sharing the same story, but it's different. His life and my life are different, but we actually have the same testimony because the testimony is different to the lifestyle. His lifestyle is very different to my lifestyle, but we all found the same person because we all came to the end of ourselves and were broken in a mess, needing to be rescued out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we both knew we couldn't do it because we tried, eh, you try to live this life and you can't. Because you're trapped in the God of self. It doesn't matter how much you want, you are in and bound in darkness. Now you can be covered, but you got to get crucified. Because you can be a follower of Christ, because it says to be a follower of Christ, you believe in your heart what he did, you confess it with your mouth, and you are saved. But the prayer doesn't necessarily kill the God of self, it just gets you in. And so there's a greater work that has to happen, because the disciple walked walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and the God of self was a living, alive, and well. How do you walk with the Messiah for three and a half years and still have you as the source? Because the work had not yet been done. But Jesus was going to do it, wasn't he? So he said, lads, you've got to deny self, pick up that cross and let's go to their death. Three and a half years walking with Jesus and you do not have the Holy Spirit in you. You are not filled with the power of the Spirit. You have not died and been resurrected. You're just a bystander of the man who came and died and rose again. But you're not a partaker of it, so you can't live it. And we've all got a journey through Christ, Christ crucified, if we want to be disciples who are being made into the image of the Messiah. There is no other way around it, guys. And our flesh hates it. There must be another way. Is it in signs? No, it's not. Is it in wisdom? No, it's not. Is it in philosophy? No, it's not. Is it in evolution? No, it's not. What's it in, Greg? Christ, Christ crucified, the church crucified, and then born back to life. Because I was dead in something, but I didn't know it. You see, Jesus was spiritually alive, but he had to physically die. Well, I'm what? Spiritually dead and physically alive. See how we're the opposite? So he calls me, he says, son, if you want to live this life, you've got to follow me. Didn't the seed have to die and go to the ground? And then he says in the same verse, he says, if you want to serve me, you've got to follow me. If you've got to follow me, you've got to serve me. And where I am, there you will be. And we just like to think that's on his throne. Well, it is, but it's also on the cross. Where I am, you're going to be always. You see, you can't skip it. You can't look and go, oh, that's amazing, as good as it was, and go, oh, well, and walk away. Paul was not crucified, and the man said, I got crucified. And this is a reality many Christians have no reference for. Hence, I know it has the power to offend you because what I'm going to say is going to challenge your reality. It's going to challenge whether you have a reference for resurrected life versus just hearing about it. And it needs to, guys, it needs to come and confront you because otherwise you can't live what I'm talking about. You can't live the big picture out. It'll just be nice words. It'll be nice prophetic pictures, but you still won't be able to write any imagery on my board because you won't have a clue what it is. But we go through the process, but we're not changed. And he came to change us. He came to transform us. He came to bring us into an eternal life, not an earthly life. And we can't live it. Now, we're still going to heaven, but that's not what the point was about. The point was about raising up a people who could live exactly like Jesus Christ lived. This is the message of these guys. I know these guys have had the encounter that I've had. 
I know there are people in this family that had, and I know there are people yet to. And that's okay, but what it's not okay is just to stay the same. I mean, it is on one aspect, because God loves you, but you can't live. And I don't know, do you want to live? Like, do you want to live out the life he called you for? You see, we're dead until his power comes. We're all dead in sin and iniquity at the start. And so I want to preach as if we're all dead in sin and iniquity. So you've got a reference for what being dead in sin and iniquity is. And I'm not speaking out of terms here. This is why I did the message about raised in Christ and raised in Christianity. Because me and Danny wrestle for this every day. Because Danny will testify she doesn't really have a reference for her sin and iniquity. She's been brought up in a beautiful Christian home with principles and values, but not really ever having yet a revelation of just how burdened she is, how dead she is, how evil she is. Because you can't get it through mental understanding. You've got to get it through revelation. It's the only way in. And because we live these good moral lives because we're trying to keep a moral standard, and that's not the point. It's about living a life of faith. Our whole skew is skewed and woofy because we go, well, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Maybe done that one. Well, that's not that bad. That's just a little lie. <laughs> haven't done the sixth one. That's massive. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You're stuffed. You can't live the standard out. But we try because that's what we're taught. But we sort of forget about this thing called being dead in something and not able to. Well, that doesn't float its boat too well in the institutional world. But it's what the institution needs because it's why the institution exists. And so I realized in 1997, I was dead. And I needed to be rescued. When someone rescues you, you're not rescuing yourself, are you? When the special ops team comes into Afghanistan to get their guy, he can't get out of that himself. They've got to come in and they've got to rescue him. And there is a highly motivated opposition trying to prevent that from happening, correct? Well, guess what? Welcome to the spiritual game. You've got a highly motivated opponent called Satan, the world and your flesh, trying to keep you in the kingdom of darkness and keep you bound up in that kingdom. And he tries to say, you know what? This is life. If you want life, just eat off that tree. If you want life, eat off that tree. Like this is in ministry, guys, too. If you want life, gun for that position. If you want life, gun for that fame. He don't care who, what you're going after. He'll use whatever it is to entice you because the God of self still has you. He's like a puppet on a string. You see, he had nothing in Jesus. There was nothing in Jesus. Hence, we looked at that when he came, he just spoke the word. There wasn't a singing and a dancing and a commanding and a this and a yelling and a screaming. He just spoke. <laughs> Double-edged sword. Boom. Uh. I'll throw this one. Bang. <laughs> spoke. Uh. Next one. <laughs> spoke. When are you getting sick and tired of this game? I can play it all day. I created time. And the devil left for another opportune time, which tells me he's coming back. And he's coming back. And so if the God of self is not dealt with, we unfortunately will not be able to live the life we call for. You will be able to walk on water. You'll be able to cast out demons. You'll be able to write awesome songs. All spirit-led. You'll be able to preach, but you won't be able to love. You won't be able to deny the God of self. You'll say you can. You'll say, I'm good for it. I'm up for the party. And when he says, okay, let's test this one. And you turn up. Oh, 
I didn't realize it was that. I don't know the man. Hold on, let's rewind this. I will not deny you. I know they might, but I will not. I'm prepared to go to my death with you. Let's fast forward. Oh, I didn't know it meant that. I didn't hear the prophetic word when it was spoken to me by God. Why? Because the God of self only listens for what he wants. He's only listening for what's going to affect him and, and benefit him. He's not interested in the things that might kill him. What life is that? That's going to kill me. I want to live. Yeah, but you've got to die first. For there needed to be resurrected life. There needed to be a death. But it was not the end. It was the start. And if you run away trying to find life, because that's what we do. We're like Adam hiding under a bush. He won't find me here. I'll go to this family and he won't find me there. I'll hide in serving. I'll do all these works for him. I'll stay busy and say it's for Jesus because he won't find me there. Now you're called Martha and he's looking straight at you. Going, hey Martha, get out the kitchen and start sitting at my feet because I need to kill you. No, I think I'll keep doing the dishes. Give my sister a hard time because she's threatening me as well because she's in something I'm not. So get her to come and help me in my dysfunction and my anxiousness and my worry and we'll have a big party because that's where we all draw one another and we find each other and we comfort each other but we don't have the comforter. Do not take yourself out of the death process wanting God to take it away because your flesh needs comforting. And he says, I want to give you the comforter so you never are in this place again. But we always want to put a band-aid on a major surgery because we don't feel good. He's not interested in your feelings. He's not interested in my feelings. He's interested in faith. The guy died and rose again that you would be dead from your feelings and letting your feelings lead you because they're lousy disciples. They're lousy leaders' feelings. But so many people live from them because they don't know him. They haven't transitioned through the cross. So all we've got is our feelings and our feelings take us up, down and around and spin us out, correct? And it's all based on what? What's happening on the outside? So if it's good today, we're good. But if it's not good today, we're bad. And there's a depth that Jesus comes to do in us all because we are lost and we are dead. But he raised to raise us up. This is an opportunity of a lifetime And many pass it by. Do you know why? Because the God of self is afraid. He don't know what's on the other side of that. He can hear about it all day long. But until he goes there, he never knows. You know, it really sounds amazing, that eternal life, Greg. Man, I've been anxious and worried my entire life. And you're talking about a peace... Guards my heart and my mind. I know it's written in Philippians 4 6. I've just never experienced it. But for that to be a reality, there's some things that have to change. There's some things that some things I've got to let yeah, that's right. You see, too many followers want this eternal life. And they want Jesus to do all the dying. And they just want to receive it and go, I don't have to do anything. No, there's a working out your salvation. And it starts with the God of self dying. David knew this position. He said this in Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I was brought into this world in iniquity. This 
evil nature that wants to do what it wants to do. And because the evil nature lives, it sins. It's the nature of man that creates us to miss the mark. That's what sin is. It's the nature of man, the God of self-living, that wants to do what it wants to do. And it says yes intellectually, and it says no convictionally. And it appeases us, and so we live the same lives. And we wonder why there's a double standard. Like, this is what it says, but this is how I live. Are you tracking with me? And there's love covering that, isn't there? Because there needs to be love covers a multitude of mess-ups. Like, I'm messed, I was messed up. From 20 to 29, I was messed up. And so love was covering a messed up, broken down vehicle, vessel. But then love comes. And love presents you with an opportunity. And love then entered into the brokenness. Like it didn't stay out here. It came in here. And love healed the broken heart. Love came in and started to change and open the eyes of a heart that was dead to like, I'm alive. How did this happen? I didn't ask for it. It didn't happen when I woke up this morning. And love crashes in. And for the first time in my life, I was alive because I got crucified. The God of Greg died that day through an encounter. Not through saying yes to a dude preaching something. Through Jesus Christ, the love of God coming, the Savior, the one we sung about came in and entered in and the God of self went out and the God of the King of Kings came in. And life has never been the same. It was an event. It was not a process. It was an event. My then life has been a process because you've got to die. It's not I'm dying, sort of dying, sort of getting better. Like dead's dead, Correct. It's not in stages of sort of getting, it's I'm dead, now I'm alive. Like I was in the tomb, now I'm out the tomb. Jesus didn't sort of come in a process, he died, and then he rose again, and he walked out of that tomb. Here I am. I told you I was coming back, here I am, because that is a transition point from death to life. Sin, self, stays in the grave Brand new creation comes out. Still need to have mine renewed, but not being held by the spirit of pride. And now have the spirit, poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit. Because there was a transaction of power. Did not John the Baptist say in Matthew 3.11, I am unfit to untie the sandals of the one who is coming. So I baptize you in water, but one is coming who will baptize you in what? Fire and the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced the fire of God coming into you to sever you from you and releasing you from you? Because God is an all-consuming fire and he burns up the dross and he releases the captive he rescues them apparently that's what the bible says in colossians out of a kingdom of darkness and brings you into a kingdom of light and the god of self doesn't come with you because he got killed and that may not be your experience and that's okay but do not say no to it because it is not your experience Go after it with all you have. It found me. I didn't find it. I didn't create that. It found me. I wasn't even asking, looking for it. It turned up and found me. Please do not write it off in unbelief because if unbelief is present in your heart right now, you will not enter into what God has for you. Unbelief keeps you out of what I'm talking about. Don't be like the disciples who never heard what he said, maybe regurgitated what he said and never entered in. And he kept going, oh my goodness, how long do I have to be with these guys, Father? Well, as long until they die. Jesus was setting them all up for a win. Do you think Peter realized it was a win when he broke in the Sanhedrin temple? 
Like, do you think he's aware of what's going on spiritually? No. But Jesus does, doesn't he? So when Christ leads you to your death, he's setting you up for a win. A massive win. Like we hear loss, I hear gain. What do you hear? See, the God of self will always hear loss is loss. Because that's what he's wired to hear. It's like, hold on a minute, loss. Who's that a loss to? You. No, that can't happen. You and I, and I did not want to die. So I've got to get killed. Let me read you some passages. Let me read you this first, actually. Our spiritual state of being when we are all born physically is dead in sin and iniquity called self. We are born... We are born the source of our own lives, which means self is a God, little g. A demonic spirit of pride which controls our life. Genesis 5 verse 3, when Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Adam was a fallen being, correct? But he wasn't originally. That's where God's trying to get us back to. But when he has Seth, he's a fallen being. So he made Seth in his image, a fallen image. In the image that he'd fallen into. This is the whole entire point of why Christ has to come. Like it's not just, thank you Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross and then you live. It's like the cross comes in. Like Paul said, I received Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't agree with what he did on the cross. He received the person, which means then he preached the person. He didn't preach scriptures. So what he received, he preached. Why do you think it got him killed? Because he preached what Jesus preached himself. That's the way of the kingdom. You can't preach what you haven't received. If it's going to be God, it's your version of some words on a page. That's a challenge, isn't it? See the standard? <laughs> I love it. I love, I'm so thankful the standard was outside of my ability. Because I tried my ability. Couldn't make it. See, said, no, son, I got to come down into the miry clay. What psalm am I talking about? You probably haven't experienced it if you don't know what psalm I'm talking about. You would have found it. I reached down into the miry clay because you're stuck. My hand pulls you out of the miry clay. And I put you on a rock. And I put a new song in your mouth. What psalm am I talking about? And who am I talking about? The same man that just wrote Psalm 51 verse 5. Because the man has a reference for something that he was stuck in, bound in. And he has a reference for someone that came along and pulled him out of what he was in and put him into something else called the sun. Have you had that experience? You need to. If you're going to know what I'm talking about and you're going to know what David talked about and you're going to know what the Bible's really talking about, you're going to need to know what that is within you because then you will know the God of self has been killed. And this brand new life, which enables you to live now to what you couldn't live, has now given you the gracing and the resource to be able to do what you couldn't do. This is the gospel that doesn't come in flash words. For Paul said, I don't want to bring it in flash words so the cross would be made void. I come in power. I come in life. I come and preach what it is. And then I go have a rest. And I let the Holy Spirit go to work on the hearts that are open, that are hungry, that are in belief, that are fertile. So go sit down, son, and have a rest while now I go to work. Well done. You've done what I called you to do. Now I'm going to walk. And I'm going to water the seeds that were sown on those who actually received. 
Let me read you 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 19. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Salvation is an entire process of transformation, correct? It's not just one part going, thank you for washing me in your blood, and then you live. It's thank you for killing me, empowering me to live who I'm called to live. It goes on, it says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Like, have you come into the wisdom of God yet? I hope we are. Because then you can release it. Like, people need the wisdom of God on the earth. And I'm not talking about strategies, I'm talking about life. You see, you can't give what you don't have. You've got to have before you can give. Correct? Listen to this scripture. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Genesis 8.21, the Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 3, and you were dead in your trespass and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world like are you living a radically different life to what you lived when you met Jesus? Or is it just the same life? Like it's radically different. Like everything I'm living for, I was not living for at 29. I wasn't interested in it. Why? Because the God of self was living. I was living for me. I want to be a football player. I want to be rich. I want to be popular. I want to be, 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 I want to be. And then I heard this boom. It's Jesus Christ, right, son? Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and everything in that. Don't even seek food, clothing, shelter. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? That's what I need to live on. No, you live on me. I am your new source now, son, because that old source died. You now have a new source called Jesus Christ. So he became my life. Has he become yours? Because the God of self died. Because the power of Christ came in. You see, what side of the cross are we as disciples, guys? Are we Peter, James, and John, Matthew, pre-crucifixion? Covered? Or are we those guys after crucifixion, walking in life? You've got to know what side of the cross you're on. And we all go, well, we're on this side of the cross. Really? Then do you have the life of that side of the cross? Because that would be the evidence of being on that side of the cross, wouldn't it? You hear what I'm saying? There is a process, but you'll know D-Day. And you'll have evidence for the reality of being born again. Because you won't be living for you. Your life is not your own the day the God of self dies. It becomes part of someone else. Didn't he say, I paid a great price to grab my reward? Like he paid a massive price to rescue you from you, not so you can then live for you, so you can love him and live for him. So if our lives aren't radically different, we would probably need to check our reference for the cross and whether the God of self is really still living and he's being covered like Peter was. Like he said to James and John, apparently the guy that loved Jesus the most, you don't know what spirit's coming out of you right now. And what was they trying to do? They were trying to kill people. That's a radical version of Jesus. You're trying to kill people, and Jesus himself said, I've come to save. So that is the complete opposite physical demonstration of what I came to do. And you do not know what spirit is operating from you called the spirit of the God of self, but you don't know, Wade. Hey, Peter, uh, Philip, how long have I actually been with you and you still don't know who I am? 
Been a pretty long time now, three and a half years is a long time to get to know somebody, but apparently they didn't really know him that well. Why? Because the God of self was still very much alive and well, and it kept manifesting every time in the scripture. So when you see Peter get up in Jesus' face, why is that happening? Because the God of self is still living. Every time you say no to God, because the God of self is still living. No, no, reject, 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 deny, 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 deflect, 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 deflect. Why? Because I want to stay in control. It's in us. It's bound in us. Listen to what Paul said, because he's the man, and you were dead. I know, I was dead, he says, in which you formerly walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all, among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, including the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Now, the next verse is amazing, but we're not going there. Because I want you to feel the weight of the word. Because it then says, but God. And we're going to get to that as we unpack the true gospel that comes along and takes you from death to life. And we're going to look at the life of Paul. Because Paul is the one you would want to look to for a reference for what I'm talking about. Because the man also was bound in sin and iniquity. He was advancing in Judaism. He was advancing in what he thought was and realized he was wrong. Now, he just doesn't go, I think I'll go from there to there. He has an encounter with love, does he not? And everything I've said happens to him. And he lays it out for us in Galatians 1. So if you want to do some homework before we get to it, Galatians 1, 11 to 16, every verse, there are things in it of a process of he's telling you how he went from Saul to Paul. And it ain't from going, I believe in a guy called Jesus who I heard about died for me and rose again because the man was anti-Jesus, correct? He was not for, he was anti-against the way. He was doing everything in his power to stop it. He was aggressively against. And Saul is a reflection of the God of self. And he needs to die. It's not dying. He needs to die so I can live. We create the midpoint through appealing to the mind. We create lukewarm through appealing to a Christian church to say, I've got to get Jane saved. That's my role, to get everybody saved. But they don't seem to like the message. What's the message? Oh, you've got to die, Jane. <laughs> Whatever, mate. So... Hmm, the message doesn't quite work. We've got to change it. We've got to make it more palatable. Now we've got to appeal to the mind. Do you know Jesus will give you a big house? Really? Yeah, because his father owns many rooms and I'm sure there's a place for you there. He really wants to make all your life better. Oh, that's a much better message than got to die to myself. Tell me more about this gospel. Oh, okay. Um, well, he promises you all this stuff. Now, there's truth in it, isn't there? The only problem is we sort of skip the main part that brings us into that. Because it ain't appealing to someone that's not ready. It ain't appealing to a person who still wants to live. See, this message that's been coming out of this house for 11 years is so unattractive. I know it, but it's so life-giving. So there's a real tension between it being an aroma of life and an aroma of death. I'm fully aware of what comes out of me and how it has the potential to blow people out or draw them in. What? Depending on their heart. And whether the God of self still wants to live or whether he's ready to die and actually start living a brand new life. 
It's completely outside of our ability, which is that's the God I want. And we say yes to all that, and then we actually say no later on when he comes to kill us. Yeah, that's what I want. I believe in that. And then he turns up and says, right, it's time for mass surgery. God gave me a picture of mass repentance in this building. And every person was on their knees weeping. Haven't seen it yet. Believing for it. Mass repentance. But I did that. Good. Do it again. And again. And again and again and again. Now, if you've transitioned through what I'm talking about, you'll be just saying yes and amen. You'll celebrate. I never want to go back to 1997. I'm not sure about bucks. I never want to go back to the day that I'm so forever thankful and grateful for the day. Like it was a launching pad into the new. It was hell going through it. Going through it. But I met someone in it. And so often we abort the process. And so we never meet the person. And he's still waiting. Paul said he was controlled by love. It's not just about having a spirit that's justified. It's about becoming Christ-like. Christ wasn't controlled or ruled by the God of self. And neither are we to as sons of God. The prayer for forgiveness justifies you, but it's the word of God which crucifies you. A prayer acknowledging your need for, for forgiveness isn't enough necessarily to crucify the God of self. We need the word of God to crucify and kill self. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us it is the power, sorry, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I'm going to finish with this. This is just Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. In the receiving of the gospel, you are made aware, you now know how right you are. So when you receive the gospel, you know how right you are. You're no longer second guessing because the gospel's done its work. Isn't that what he says? I'll read it to you again. For in it, it's the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So how right you are, that's why you're not ashamed. Like, I'm not ashamed because I got set free. Shame comes from your past. Shame comes from what you're not doing. Shame comes because you don't see yourself as made the standard in God. So the gospel has to come and make you right. And when the true gospel of power comes because Paul received the person the power is the person it's not Jesus Christ and power the power is Jesus Christ so when you receive the person you ain't ashamed and then it's about growing in the person Jesus says I come to make you free like and I mean free and people look for freedom outside of Jesus Jesus is the freedom Oh, I'm in freedom. No, you're not. You're in still you. Like, if you're in freedom, that's the person, then the person makes you free. And to who the person makes free is free indeed. See, the institutional model goes, yeah, amen, and then lives in bondage. Because we haven't yet received the person, because we're actually rejecting the cross. But we think we've received the cross because we prayed a prayer of what he did, which gets us covered, but not crucified. Covered people can't live the lives that crucified people live. Why? Because they're not as good? No. Because crucified people are better? No. We're all bound in evil in the God of self, but we've been released 
from something that someone yet hasn't yet, but they're being covered so they can be crucified, so they can be released. Like his heart is that every one of us would experience what I've preached to you today. And your past does not disqualify you, for he washed it away. Your present doesn't disqualify you. And he's calling you to a promise in his son. But then he comes into your present and says, hey, what is that annoying knock? It's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings knocking on your heart. Because I see something that I want in me, but you've been rejecting for a while now, Greg. And I really long to do it, son. And I long for you to know what you can know. But son, you still want to like, you know, get that extra job and fix the kitchen and go on holiday and buy the new car and have another kid. And I'm going to knock all day long. I'm not going anywhere. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I said, what are you doing, Greg? What are you doing spending time in your room? That stuff is not going to bring you life. Greg, the God of self is going to die. Father, I just 